Uh, Rod. I went to Arizona State. Rod. I'm a Sun Devil, man. State of the Sun Devils from Arizona Sports with Jesse Morrison, Jeremy Schnell, and Jake Anderson. Hello and welcome into another edition of State of the Sun Devils alongside Jake Anderson and Jesse Morrison. I'm Jeremy Schnell. Uh, some quick football news before we get into basketball. Uh, Connor Soley entered the transfer portal just a few days ago, Jake. Or was that yesterday? I can't even keep track. It was yesterday, Jeremy. Yeah, it was well, when, when is Sunday. This? Yeah, oh, was Sunday. 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 Okay. A couple days ago. Okay. There you go. I'm wrong. Um, Jake, uh, when you read this news, what was your uh, initial reaction? Whoa. Wow. Why? Um, obviously, his brother being Kyle Soley the Great. ASU linebacker, he's not going to be with the team, but that's because he's going to try to be a pro in the NFL. Obviously, the Soli brothers are Arizona kids through and through, went to Saguaro High School in Scottsdale. Um, I think it's also, I told you this when we first spoke about it, the fact that Jason Mons from Saguaro, the head coach, is now an assistant coach at ASU, but Soli is leaving. Honestly, it's just one of those things to where he might realize he doesn't have the opportunity he once did. Um, or as you mentioned to me, maybe he was more a... Herm Edwards player, mm-hmm. and this is kind of him realizing that he doesn't necessarily fit into Dillingham. We don't know the uh, specifics of it. I, I've thought about this. He his brother's done playing now. Mm-hmm. Maybe he came ASU, to at least. yeah. He came to ASU specifically, Board possibly problem. you know to play with his brother, and maybe he you know thinks that he has a better opportunity on top of that for playing time somewhere else that you you brought up as well. So maybe he's like, all right, I don't have to stay here anymore because you know my brother is here. Obviously, he got some playing time as well last year and played pretty well. I mean, he's gotten during, a lot of playing time. Yeah, the past couple of years. Yeah, and and so I mean that now that his brother's gone, I think. You know, he's able to branch out and kind of be his own person, and maybe he has a place in mind that he wants to be. Yeah, I just think it's weird, though, just because he is an Arizona kid. He went to Saguaro. His high school coach, Jason Mons, is now on ASU staff, like uh, Jake mentioned. I just think it's weird. Um, I really would like to know his, his like, reasoning. Of, you know, he just kind of thanked people and then moved on. Um, I would just really like to know, like, you know, why he because it's also kind of late in the process yeah Yeah, you have until the 18th i believe uh the transfer portal that's when it closes and that's when you have to make your decision of where you're going to go but also coming out or entering the transfer portal didn't emory didn't uh, didn't emory jones make his decision or or you're talking about being like making the decision to go into the transfer portal so the the transfer portal i i I, let me double check the dates on this but if i'm not mistaken it's december 5th to january 18th that is when the transfer portal is open and so there's two aspects of it it's you got to figure out where you're playing soon but also he came out of asu went into the portal in January, after the first, what, four, three, almost four weeks of the transfer portal madness is happening. So it's kind of weird in that he definitely had conversations with other schools, maybe. Definitely talked to, to well, at this point, but having a conversation with Dillingham, his new defensive coaches, Brian Ward, the defensive coordinator, like, it might just be a fit thing. I mean, we're, we're never going to know, and, a, and in all honesty, I, I don't even think it's, uh, it doesn't matter. Like, the kid's going to make his decision to go somewhere for a reason, just like a free agent goes somewhere for their own reasons. Also, there's what you said, uh, 15 days, the 18th? Yeah, so you have two weeks, basically. Yeah, so, you know, he could also just 
be tested in the waters and then come back. That's also a possibility. But it's, Gambo reported last year that when you like filed to enter the transfer portal, your scholarship is pulled. Your scholarship is pulled. Interesting, but you know, but if his brother's going to get NFL money. <laughs> I mean, Con- McConnor's trying to make his own, you know? Yeah, but like I'm saying, if, if the scholarship is pulled, like, then he comes back in and, you know, he has a way to pay for the rest of his school. Well, I don't I don't think paying for school is an issue. He's going to be playing football somewhere. Yeah, I'm just saying that it's not against the the realm of possibility yeah. that he comes back to ASU. What we're trying it's to say, it's, it's, and, it's, and it's not likely, is what we're saying at this okay, point. Okay, but yeah. I'm, I'm saying it's not not likely. It's there, There's a chance. Not, Wouldn't be surprised. Not not likely. Okay, I'm trying to see the. Let's just move on, Joe. <laughs> just... So that would mean it's likely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I could see, I could see him coming back just because he's an Arizona kid. Maybe he's just testing the waters for a couple of weeks and then comes back. It would be interesting to see. But wouldn't um, he have done this earlier in the portal? You never know. You never know what the process is. True. Maybe he's iffy on the coaching staff but not like completely out on them and it's just like you know i'm gonna see if i like another coaching staff more but if i i don't then i'm gonna come back there's there's all there's a lot of different possibilities a lot of different scenarios it's all speculation at this point i I, you know i would love to see him back at asu i think he's a good player his you know his brother was a good player he's a local kid you know they want to activate the valley you know he can help do that (laughs) Activate the valley. I love. I love that saying. I love when people say that. Activate. The you valley. gotta activate the valley, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. So I was at that media scrum a couple weeks ago, or Blitz, or whatever it was called, and I heard that term and said that term so many times. Who 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 was the person that said it the most? Me, because I I kept asking them about it. So I said activate the valley. So Dilly yeah. uses it in every one of his tweets. Yeah. Hashtag activate the valley. So is that the new hashtag? No, it's still hashtag League Devils, or hashtag. Onward to O to O to V. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, um, that's that's the football news that we have so far. Um, well, from when we last spoke about football news, and we'll continue to update everyone as the offseason moves forward and get closer to the spring game. But now let's move on to the basketball team. Obviously, not the result ASU men's basketball would have wanted on Saturday or su- Saturday? Saturday. 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 Man, I'm losing track of days, man. It's it's been weird with all these days off and Christmas and Hanukkah and days New off. Year's and yeah, what, what are you talking about? What are about? those? Uh, yeah, no days off. Sorry, guys, forgot. No days. No off. days off. No stop. No, no days off. Y- yesterday I did have the day off, but good for you. I worked um, all the other ones. Yeah, I, I don't have any off days, Jeremy. So I was what I was getting to is yeah, not the result ASU men's basketball would have wanted in that game against U of A the other day. Um, they came back in the second half, looked okay at the beginning, pretty good at the beginning of the second half. Went on a you say nineteen to four run I at the beginning was, of the second yeah. half, Jake. Um, they lost sixty nine to sixty to Arizona. Um, defensively, and, and before we get to three point shooting, which has been atrocious in the last two games defensively though i've i've seen a lot of positives coming out of you know what what we've seen defensively for from this asu team specifically against arizona yesterday and then against the other saturday teams, jeremy the, get, the other get day the date right <laughs> against arizona the other day and then every other game except for the san francisco game <laughs> yeah i mean they they've they've again looked good on defense they they look like they can play with top teams 
Now, can they beat those top teams? And we haven't we haven't seen that happen yet. I don't don't say Michigan is a top team. They're not. They're a talented team. They're like a quad two team. But you can call them a talented team, yeah, but right? Yeah. But they're not. ASU can can hang with the top teams. We don't know if they can beat the top teams. But the biggest issue has been three point shooting. Eight for fifty three in the last two games. That's just not good enough, uh, especially if you want to win games in which. Uh, the other team is winning uh, is only scoring 69 points you have to win games like that yeah they just need to practice more <laughs> that's all that's all that that you can do there is just you know practice shooting threes with it's the also, hand in your face and yeah. you know have coaches close out on you with those big like uh, you know like broomsticks or whatever people have used before <laughs> like there's like dummies for that you know you they just got you know they've just got to practice more on the three that's that's all that that that's all that you can do there is just shoot more. Do you think it's also, Jake, a, a confidence thing for the entire team where it, it can be momentum and like if every, if one person's missing, then everyone's missing. And if one person's hitting, then, you know, the confidence is up for the entire team. I think when you so they went over their first 13 from three on Saturday. And I think when you start to miss and shot after shot after shot, you hear the crowd start to get that. Oh, right. You hear that. And you start to press a little bit because you're not making the shots. And you went through the game plan of we're going to attack the paint. They're going to force us to kick it out. We got to hit these shots. And you're not hitting them. And it's like, oh, no, we're getting the shots we wanted. Now we're not making them. And at that point, it's like, well, now U of A starts to allow you to shoot because you're not proving that you're worth being guarded, which then means you're going to be just stagnant because now they can just sit in the paint. And we're talking about the last two games. They've been awful from three, man. Eight for 53. Like, awful. That's one out of six, which is what, like 17%? Like, it's atrocious. But defensively, they're getting, they're able to stay in games, which is what gives me a little bit of optimism that, like Jesse said, they might not be able to beat the likes of a U of A, who's one of the best teams in the country, but you can contend with them. You can compete with them. And one of these nights, those threes will fall. We see it every tournament. Three shooting teams. You yeah. live and you die by it. San Francisco was absolutely on fire <laughs> in that game. And that's what happens. It just falls and it falls and it falls. Especially if you're at home. The energy, the crowd, it'll all come together. It's just they haven't done it consistently. And it's and it's an issue because the defense plays well enough to keep you in a game. And it's just frustrating when the offense can't win you the game. What stinks is that this game was so winnable. Yes. You know, U of A did not shoot well from three as well. They had only they only made five. ASU made three. So if a few of the, you know, <laughs> three of those fall, then you're tied at 69 at that point. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. like, like I, you get to the free throw line yeah, so a little bit more. Confidence is key. And I think if they continue to try and shoot their way out of the slump, I think hopefully they'll, they'll make it out. Does Warren Washington need to get more touches? Yeah, I Down agree. Down low? I do. What I was, Even if you want to inside out and use him as a point center. Yeah, what I was going to say is just like, and he he's a player that can get to the line, because if you, if you feed your big man, they're going to get to the line. Um, I think that ASU just needs to try to do that more, you know, just charge in. It's it's a boring brand of basketball, but... It's what Lou Dort does. Just <laughs> charge in and get fouled and go to the free throw line, and that's... U of A does it? Yeah. I mean, it's, they also have two giants, but. Yeah, it's. it's ASU a, also has their fair share of seven footers on their team now. Yeah, like, it's. it's uh, 
It's a yeah. It's kind of a boring brand of basketball, but it's a way to win. So if you're not shooting the ball well, just try to get to the free throw line so you just have an automatic wide open shot. I think, and I hate I hate this type of game, especially in this day and age, to to back down a defender and, and post moves and all that stuff. But remember when Romello White was here and he would they would try and feed him the ball at the start of the game and get him going a little bit, maybe do that a little bit with Warren Washington. Yeah, and it would also work better because he's not six foot eight playing center. <laughs> um, but no, I, like I hate that brand of basketball, especially in this day and age. But when the threes aren't falling, you got to try something else, and maybe that's the way in they got to go. The second half, they attacked paint. Like they actually did, and they got to the line. I mean, Duke Brennan as they well. They got the tall. Yeah. They got the bigs in foul trouble. I mean, yeah, yeah. Duke Brennan as well. He, Dude, he I was so a, impressed with Duke Brennan. He did a couple very nice post moves. He did the dribble from outside of the paint into the lane and post move to a nice little layup off the glass. Was it like, six point six boards in how many minutes? Uh, fifteen or sixteen, something along those. lines. Yeah, they should. Uh, here, here's an idea. The starting lineup is. You start Boachi, Brennan, Brennan, and Warren Washington, and then what happened? And then the, uh, it, the and then the Cambridge that's brothers. Happen. What happened? It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's basically the 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 Toronto Raptors lineup. <laughs> it's my two K lineup when I play as the all time Lakers. <laughs> my all time Lakers lineup is. I don't want to hear this. I'm going to tell you anyway because it's it's funny. So I, I start Kobe at point guard, and then I do. Uh, um, Shaq, Shaq, Kareem, Kareem, Wilt, Wilt, and uh, George Mikan. <laughs> Perfect, Mike and Drill. George Mikan's my two. He's got a drill named after him. He does. Um, all right. So coming up this Thursday, ASU plays against Washington State. Um, in this is the third Pac-12 game of the season or fourth um, for ASU. Yeah, it, it's, it's their, their fourth. fourth. Yeah, yeah. So they played against uh, U of A the other day for their third. Third. Yeah, they're Pac-12 two and one game, in the Pac-12, which is great, fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I think Washington it, State is not correct. They're one and three in the Pac-12. They're six. They're six and nine uh, overall this season. But they do have four guys who are averaging uh, double figures this season, Jesse. Um, I that's good for them. Uh, yeah, they, they got they got TJ Bamba, who has been a force so far this season. I think he, you know, six foot five, a, a, and a guard who can really charge at the basket. But yeah, I mean, also is good on the rebounding numbers. But to play against a guy like that. Is going to be tough for for this ASU team to to guard, but I think it's not. It won't be um, with the defense that they have. I think they'll be able to do just fine. Yeah, this game is you know is ASU's to lose. So the, the Washington State is number two hundred and forty two in scoring offense, and at number one hundred and two in scoring defense. So they're they're pretty average to below average as far as just their team in general. So I think that for ASU, they just got to play their game and lock down on defense and, you know, limit the scoring for uh, Washington state and, and they win this game. It's going to be a home game. It's, it is going to be a 6 PM game on a Thursday right before students get back on break. So it's not going to be the best atmosphere in the world, but still I don't see too many Washington state fans being there. And, you know, again, this is just ASU's game to lose, um, but we've seen games like this before where ASU somehow just doesn't get up for them and they lose it. But I, 
I see ASU bouncing back from their two losses and playing a really strong game against a not so great Washington State team. But listen to this. So Jake, um, ASU obviously coming off those two losses, morale maybe a little bit low at this point. I, I don't want to speculate, but probably you know a little upset and felt hard done by to not win at least one of those two games. Um, now Washington State they lost by just one to now number ten UCLA last week, and then they beat USC by ten. So they're coming off a couple of pretty good games, building some confidence. So a team with confidence coming in to play against an ASU team who's coming off two humongous, emotionally draining losses. I feel like a broken record saying how like every game is kind of like a test game to where this U of A game was how far does ASU still need to go to be a legit contender? Quite a ways. But we we already kind of knew that. It was kind of just the size, size up test. Now, I want to know the mental fortitude of these guys. I want to know after two losses, one of which was a bad loss to San Francisco and then just a frustrating but understandable loss that, like you said, there's some things that they can carry on from that game. I think ASU needs to come out of this game first half, just like the second half was against U of A, set the tone and be like, hey, we just played U of A and we had a bad loss against San Francisco, but this is who Arizona State basketball is. We're healthy. We're here. And they're going to come out and hopefully, maybe not destroy them, but win win by double digits, close to 10 points. Just, I hope so. But not have a game that's close. You're in control. Of the game. You're at home, Right. They just had the biggest crowd of the year so far, and I'm sure as the season goes on, there might be a bigger game if UCLA especially is is ranked high still. Um, are they at UCLA this year? Because they were at UC- UCLA was here this year. So I think USC comes here this year. Um, UCLA. Yeah, they, UCLA they, does they, play here, yeah, I believe. They, both, t- both UCLA and USC come here this year. Yeah, I January think, I think 19th they might, and might play both, the, both those teams twice yes. this year. Mm-hmm. So Even better. Mm-hmm. So... Bottom line is, I think the Washington State game is going to be more of a how do you respond game. Yeah, and it was always almost always going to be that game, right? It's it's the it's the next game after the big game, where that even though there was ten days in between the San Francisco game, but then the San Francisco game you lost Dez pregame. So they they play Utah only once this year. That's okay. the, that's the one team they only play once this year. Yeah, UCLA and USC are the last couple of games of the year uh, on the road. It's Arizona, UCLA. It's at Arizona at UCLA at USC to end the season. We've Ooh, talked yeah. about that. Oof, that's we've hard. talked about that on this on this podcast as well. And that's, yeah, but, that's going to be a huge stretch for us. Yeah, and you know another thing you got to factor into this is Washington State might be feeling themselves a little bit. Like they're coming in, they've beaten USC by ten. They've come close to beating yeah. a UCLA team that's yeah. much better than them. So you know they might be feeling themselves a little bit, get a little cocky, come in, and ASU's defense just swarms them, and they don't know what's also, coming for too, them. Frankie Collins only played twenty two minutes. Yeah, because of the foul trouble. There was foul trouble. Yes, so all over the court. If you can get, if you can stay out of foul trouble, mm-hmm. keep a guy like Frankie Collins on the court. And if they do start off like they did uh, in the second half against Washington State in the first half, you know, those guys are going to get tired, obviously. Mm-hmm. The, the bench has to step up this time. Yeah. Because we ASU didn't get very many bench points in the last game, and that's that's got to change for not only this game, but for the rest of the season if they want to get anywhere uh, moving forward. Um, 
Now moving on to the weekend game. This do you want to predict this or do both at the end? We'll do the both at the end. Okay. Now on to the weekend game. Uh, Washington, they're coming in at 9-6. and six. It's going to be a Saturday, Sunday afternoon game at 3 o'clock, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, they have only two guys averaging double figures, but mm-hmm. um, when you got guys that can score the basketball, you don't necessarily need uh, other players to step it up. They, they don't have other players that <laughs> score, though. It's... Uh, they're number two hundred and fifty three in scoring offense. They're they're probably worse than Washington State, even though they're nine and six. Like they probably have had a easier uh, out of conference schedule. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're they're not at, they're not very good. Neither of these teams are good. ASU should take care of this weekend easily. They should win both of these games by 20, by. 10, 10 or more points, but you but never remember. <laughs> unfortunately, it's been the stat since Bobby Hurley got to ASU. It's been very difficult for him to sweep a week. Correct. So Pac twelve in the Pac twelve. So we'll see if that happens this week. Were the I know there's the first two Pac twelve games was that in one week earlier this season. I uh, believe so. Yes, against Stanford and, and Colorado. Colorado. Um, those were back to back. Beat Stanford by ninth one and eleventh. Beat Colorado. So by there's four. one. Yeah. So we'll we'll hope for. I'm sorry. First and fourth. First and fourth. Either way, th- those two games happen back to back. So hopefully, ASU is able to sweep this week, and uh, and we'll uh, come back and talk about this more next week as well. Um, let's. You want to do predictions now, Jesse? Sure. Um, I'm not going to give scores, but they're going to beat Washington State by 12 and beat Washington by 15. I hope so. And they're going to be relatively low scoring games, but not like super low scoring. It's going to be like 70 to 58 and then like 76 to 62 or something like that. I think ASU wins both. I I, I mean, it's basketball. You could have one that's a three-point game. It's a six-point game. Yeah. But either way, I don't think... I, at no point will ASU be trailing double digits. They could be trailing by four or five, snap out of it, go on a 7-0 run, slowly take control of the game, win by eight, you know? The Washington State game kind of scares me because somewhat of a trap game. Washington State just beat USC, who's only has, who only has four losses on the season. They're 11-4, and four. Uh, and we we talked about it a little bit. UCLA, number 10 in the country, only lost by one there. I think it's a little bit of a trap game. Now, I, I don't know what, you know, I, I want to say ASU is going to win, and I am going to say ASU is going to win, but I think it's going to be closer than we think. It might be a five or six point game at the end, uh, where free throws kind of decided in in the final few minutes of the of the second half. And for the Washington game, I think ASU after winning against Washington State comes out with a little bit of confidence and maybe wins this one by ten or ten or twelve, something along those lines. All right, yeah. Women's basketball, they're they're really struggling. Um, it's not been great. They lost U of A, as we know, by a it was, lot. It wasn't great. Uh, they lost 84 to 66. They were down by a lot more than that at the start of the fourth quarter and kind of came back, right, Jesse? Um, you were there. Yeah. Just, um, yeah, it was they bad. Out, they outscored U of A 20 to 12 in the, in the fourth quarter, but in the third quarter. Yeah, they had a lot of, U of A had a lot of their bench in for the yeah. majority of the fourth. In the, in the third quarter, they were outscored 30 to 16. But hey, it got worse. Yeah. Because they played Stanford, the number two team in the country, on Saturday. They gave up 101 points. Yeah, and lost and, 101 to 69. Yeah, and I, then they went to the other side of the bay and yeah. lost 
74 to 61. Yeah, and they, they played a much better game in that one, I will say. But in the fourth quarter, they just couldn't get it done and let Cal just kind of pull away. And I mean, it's just they're just not gonna, they're just not going to be very good this year. That's like the that's the end all be all of the season is just they're they're they the might group. they might finish last in the Pac-12. And well, it wouldn't surprise me. I, Jake, I I want to get your thoughts on this. It's it's more of like, you know, they have a lot of young girls on this team and they want to not really. <laughs> I, like players that have also players that haven't played together before. That's 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 the one, but like that that's true, but they don't they these players have experience in a lot of it. Especially Jaden Simmons. I mean, Ty Skinner, I know she's not been a Pac-12 player, but she's got experience. Makwa is a graduate player. Like they have experience, they're just not getting it done. They're they're not doing what they're supposed to do on the court. They're they're struggling closing out on defense. Um, and then I just I don't know if the talent is there. They're getting into foul trouble too. Like they seem to have a player or two in foul trouble every single game. They're not very deep. Uh, their their bench struggles a lot of the time. It's just there's a, there, pretty much everything that could go wrong is going wrong. They do score a little bit better than the teams I've seen in the past at ASU, but like Charlie's defense was so swarming and sweltering that it's just tough for um, like I, it was tough for other teams to score. So they could win games like forty eight to forty six, <laughs> yeah. and they they just they can't rely on that anymore and it's just it's just kind of sad that ASU is in the spot that it is because for a while there it was Stanford and it was ASU and those were the two teams in the Pac-12 and now there's a lot of teams that Oregon Oregon State U of A that I just think might have passed them as far as like a cool factor too mm. just with like crowd size like I I saw a highlight from the Oregon State game this weekend the place was packed u of a place was packed like it's just and that's just not what you get at desert financial arena for a asu women's basketball game i'm so, not gonna try to act like i cover or watch as intensely the women's team as jesse does i will always go to him for that but i was told that because this is natasha's first season that her recruiting class, she did lose some girls, and it was kind of a last, not I don't want to call it a last second, but anytime there's a new head coach, mm-hmm. you're going to lose some recruits. Mm-hmm. And that, from what I've been told, is affecting the bench more so than anything, in that she can't go as deep as she would like. Mm-hmm. And she, and I was, I was again, I was told that next year you'll start to see the the Natasha Adair version of this women's team but as Jesse said this team is struggling this year and it's kind of going to be that way just because it's just the situation that she yeah. finds herself in and then specifically to go back to my point though Jesse they have two seniors they got two they got a graduate student in Makwa and then they have uh, Sosa a senior yeah but when you've got like but when you but here's, J- here's my, this is third year for Jaden Simmons third right, year for Sydney Eric here, Strub here's Here's They've my played point. a lot of basketball. Here's, here's my point. They're gonna get. They're gonna continue to build. They're gonna continue to get that camaraderie. They're gonna continue to play together. And f- maybe next year, yeah, they'll figure it out. Yeah, and I and I I hope they figure it out because they got a lot of people coming back next season. Yeah, and I, I hope they figure it out because well, you never know about that because of the transfer portal these I, days. Yeah. Um, but I I like Natasha Dare. She's a very very nice human being. So I really hope that they do figure it out. Um. You know, in the next in the next couple of years, uh, women's schedule coming up. They play Friday 
uh, against Oregon at home. Make sure to go and watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be fun against a team that's usually pretty good. And then Oregon State, also a team that's pretty usually pretty good. Yeah, there both be- teams are pretty good this year. They're before the men's. Uh, Correct. They play at eleven a.m. Oh, yeah, yeah. They 11 play eleven a.m. And on Friday, though, th- that's going to be an interesting one to go to because Taya Hansen, who played four years at ASU, she transferred to Oregon. She's a fifth year, used her COVID year this year, um, on you know to transfer to Oregon, and she was always a fan favorite here. People really liked her. Um, very nice person. Um, I I hope that the fan base treats her well because she did give four years to this program. And yeah, she transferred to another Pac-12 school, but it's not U of A. And you know, she was again a likable player here at Arizona State. Led the team in scoring during the COVID year. So yeah, I mean, so specific, you know, I, I would hope that that they give her uh, you know a nice standing ovation when she's announced into the into the game. Just a terribly tough part of the schedule right now that, yeah. that they're that they're in the stretch. It's Arizona. <laughs> well, everything they, is. they played Arizona, Stanford, <laughs> Cal is they're they're okay, but Oregon and Oregon State are the next two games. They got a chance to lose five in a row, and hopefully they pull it out against one of these two in one of these two games. Cal is one of the lesser teams in the Pac-12. They still have the reigning Pac-12 freshman of the year. Yep, Jada Curry. She's a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. So this conference is top to bottom extremely good. And then they have to go on the road and play the best team in the Pac-12, Utah. All right, that's enough. That they're not better than Stanford. Stanford Stanford's one of the three best teams in the country, probably, you know, a very good chance that they're going to If gonna we're going by scoring, Utah uh third in the in the Okay, it'll play defense. Beat beat Washington with I mean Washington State with their best player. Or I'm really again, they, they beat they beat Washington State with 5 points without really, their best player. The reason I'm very high on Utah this year, the women's team, you box score watch them and it's they because they beat Oklahoma by like 40 yeah, points yeah, yeah, and it's early in the season they scored 124 points how much Utah no how much that. Utah women's basketball have you watched this year Jeremy no uh, one does that. how much how much you just check their schedule and oh they scored a lot huh I'm gonna yeah no you're just box score watch they're box score eight. Jeremy hey they're number eight this in is the like, country for Jer- a Jake this is like when he just reads your headlines <laughs> he doesn't have any idea what how good this team is or when you come at me with your soccer takes my soccer takes are fantastic. Ronaldo, do it in the World Cup. Up QPR. Um, volleyball. Up the R's. Get uh, it right. Volleyball, finally. Uh, we, Dep- we gotta- depending on how you say that and where you are in, in the UK, that's going to mean something very different. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in, Make sure uh, you're saying R's when you say that. Mm-hmm. When, when I, it's the QPR. Arsenal. You definitely do not want to say up the R's. Yeah, I know. I know what, I know what that, <laughs> I know what that also means. But Yeah, but in, in the UK, that, that's how they say it. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. like you're like yeah. you like it'd be re- like you really got to enunciate. Yeah. Okay, I, I I think I did. Great job, Jesse. I, I'm using the official team How'd slogan. You, how did QPR do, by the way? That's enough. Next, I, they allowed the equalizer in '96 to Sheffield United. Volleyball, new head. Sheffield coach. United is a good team. Still They're dropping. probably going to go back to the prem. And your your team's not. Listen, you, you hear, we're teaching him. Did you hear what he said? He said I, I've prem. said prem for years. Well, so sweet. Have you guys ever? Have you guys picked up on the fact that a lot of my uh, not knowing about soccer is a is me trolling? No, you guys you, haven't you, picked that up yet? No, okay. you actually don't know. All right, all right. We've well, talked extensively about this. Okay. New uh, volleyball coach, Jesse. J.J. Van Nail. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, I'm just excited that there's a new face. He was the associate volleyball coach at USC, uh, now joining Arizona State. Uh, that, was, that was announced on Thursday last week. Um, spent five years at USC, um, made three 
NCAA tournaments in 2018, 2019, and 2020. Good. Um. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, happy to start this new chapter for the uh, volleyball team, and hopefully they start moving in the right direction. Yeah, this is a program that I think has not been uh, focused enough on by the university, I guess is how I would say it. Um, I think that, you know, you, you, it's just you, you got to focus on all your sports. And for some reason, I just feel like it, it wasn't as much. And so... Um, I'm I'm glad that it seems like they've made a good hire here, and I'd like to see some tournaments out of this team. Yeah, we'll just have to see. And listen, like I'll say this about every sport: this is a place where people should want to come and play collegiate sports, and uh, hopefully, yeah, activate you know, the valley. <laughs> yeah, that, back to what Jesse said earlier: activate the valley. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, and, and there's a new professional volleyball league, so hashtag League Devils could come out of it too. That would be awesome, absolutely awesome. Um, so wrestling took home four individual medals at the Ken Craft Midlands. Cha- that's a mouthful. Midlands Championships in Chicago. Yeah, not that hard to say. Ken Craft Midlands Championships in Chicago. Yeah, there you go, Jeremy. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> Way to go! So great job to the wrestling team. Gymnastics. They begin their season on uh, against Iowa on Saturday in Vegas. Yeah. They're going to play in mullet, I think, either Play? One. They're going to compete, compete. There in you go. mullet at least once or twice this year. Um, I, I don't know that for sure. But yeah, okay. that's what I've been hearing. Okay. Um, so I'll trust be- you. Because the Coyotes have uh, taken up residency in mullet arena, that's kind of made it a little difficult for the wrestling team and the gymnastics team to yeah. be able to compete i enjoy both sports and dfa though so yeah i'll be fine um but yeah so anything about it what about the hockey team you skipped that one. Oh yeah the hockey team they're 10 and 11 uh and of course the desert hockey classic is this weekend that's going to be a little uh test for the team as they come off a split against boston college on friday and saturday lost five to two in the first game and then saturday they lost or they won two to one um, coming up in the Desert Hockey Challenge, um, trying to see they play against. It doesn't say. I, I don't know. They play against uh, Boston University or Air Force. There you go. Yeah, and Michigan Tech. There we go. Michigan Tech because it, so it says because uh, ASU men uh, ASU hockey team they're playing on Friday at seven p.m. and it just says Desert Hockey Classic. It doesn't say the team name. Yeah, yeah I saw that one. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't point that out to you for. I wanted to see how you would do with it. And well, and now the one, I found the one below it. It says Michigan Tech. So Michigan Tech. So nice test coming up this week, and then of course Minnesota State um, the week after will be. Exciting at Mullet Arena. Make sure to check that out. Mullet Arena is a lot, a lot of fun. If you haven't been yet, I highly recommend it. Hashtag Rock the Mullet. And then some cool news: Brian January joining the coaching staff in, for the Connecticut Sun. Yeah, Connecticut. she's uh, she coached under Charlie for a couple of years here in the off season of the WNBA. Then she retired after last season. Um, so yeah, she's going to be doing a, a professional coaching job. I uh, would like to see. Uh, what eventually happens in her coaching career? Maybe she becomes a head coach somewhere, and uh, yeah, that would that'd be cool. Real quick, just because I think it affects us in Phoenix more so than anywhere else. But like, isn't it weird that a WNBA team is so similarly named to an NBA team when the NBA 
owns the WNBA. The Connecticut Sun and the, the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Like you, you think they would want to make every name different. It's also not that sunny in Connecticut. Yeah, and also the Connecticut Sun sounds like a newspaper. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it does actually. It really sounds That's like a, a great newspaper. Point. <laughs> But hey, they play at the Mohegan. That the reason I think they pl- they're called the Sun is because they play at the Mohegan Sun Casino. Uh, if it has a, a legitimate like meaning, I'm fine with that. But I I just thought it was kind of like you would name. I, I know it's it's a different league, but still like they're always paired together. So yeah. it's like Sun Suns. And again, I think it's just because we're in Phoenix. Still so. not as bad of a team name as Red Bull New York or New York Red Bulls or whatever they call themselves. You go, you got uh, owned I by will, a team. I will. Ex- or owned by an energy drink. I will explain that to you off air. <laughs> owned by an energy drink company, and so they have a lame. So you don't like New York City FC? Who's owned by Manchester City? That's fine, but I just it's like have a the, the Cosmos should be a team in the MLS, not New York Red Bulls that actually play in New Jersey and a, who actually have their own stadium. That's true. They do have their that own Man stadium. City have to play in because Yankee Stadium does not allow for Concacaf Champions League. You know, we, we, New York City, not Man City. Well, practically the same thing. Yeah, maybe the same thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I, they played at City Field last year as well. Yeah. For a playoff game, it's not. It's not. It's not <laughs> ideal. Okay, but it's. It's. Uh, at least they have a better name than New Back York Red ASU. Bulls. Back to ASU. Um, that's going to do it for this edition of State of the Sun Devils. Thank you so much for listening. You can check out all of Jake's articles this week on ArizonaSports.com, and you can find us on Twitter at AZ Sports Devils. We'll have all your content there on Thursday, Friday and Sunday for the men's and women's basketball games this week. For Jesse Morrison and Jake Anderson, I'm Jeremy Schnell. We'll talk to you in a little bit. Up the R's.